brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Jack Flack always escapes. I'll bet he does. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we're going to go into a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from James from Carmel, Indiana. And James says, hello. First of all, I'd like to thank you for making my irritating chores a little better. Secondly, I have a lot of free time now that my football season is over and was thinking about building a low-powered gaming computer. Right now I have a Mac Mini, which is great unless you want to play games. I was wondering if you could do a podcast over how to build your own computer or lead me to a site that does a good job explaining it. How Stuff Works only has an article over converting your computer to a media computer. Thank you so much for the podcast, James. Well, James, we thought we'd talk a little bit about what makes a gaming computer good, and uh, unfortunately, part of that is is money. Um, it turns out that low-powered gaming computers may not really meet your needs if you want to play the latest and greatest games that are on the market right now. That's true. Um, a lot of cases, you've got to worry about. It's really it, a gaming computer is not significantly different from a regular computer in that it has the same kinds of components. But what a gaming computer has that's different from your standard desktop or laptop computer is generally high, very high end components such as the motherboard with a uh, very high end processor or uh, the graphics cards. Sometimes more than one graphics card. Um, and, and things like that cost a lot of money. But it really, it really depends on the games that you're trying to play. If you're going to be, you know, working on Bejeweled for hours on end, you're probably not going to need the same kind of processor that somebody who plays World of Warcraft might. Yeah, and if you play World of Warcraft, you may not need the same sort of processor that someone who's playing a really advanced first-person shooter would need. That's uh, true. These these different games have different different requirements. So things like real-time strategy games and, and massively multiplayer online role-playing games, for the most part, don't need the like cutting edge of technical specs to be able to, to run well on your machine. But if you are someone who wants to play games like, well, you know, the upcoming Duke Nukem, which will be out any day now, uh, again, <laughs> just like over the last 12 years. But no, seriously, Duke Nukem is supposed to come out again. Well, if that's going to be a typical first-person shooter, it's going to try and take advantage of the latest and greatest tech that's out there. Mm-hmm. Not that it necessarily requires that to run, but that it if you have the it'll if you have something that's a really advanced machine, it'll take advantage of that and you'll have a better experience overall as a result. So yeah, you need um the three biggest components are your CPU, mm-hmm. your video card, yes. and RAM. Right. Now, on top of that, you're also going to need to worry about storage because some of these games are huge. That's and true. unless you are playing some sort of streaming service where the the game is stored in the cloud somewhere, you're going to need to have that storage on hand. So, um, yeah, if you look at the the specs on on really advanced uh, gaming PCs that are out there being sold as gaming PCs, you're going to notice that that they have some wicked 
specs on them. I mean, mm-hmm. the the CPU is going to be really fast, and sometimes you can even choose to have your uh, CPU overclocked. Yes, which means it's going to run more cycles uh, in the same amount of time it normally like it would normally run a certain number of cycles. Overclocked means you cram more cycles into that same time period. Which requires some adjustment on the part of the uh, the computer owner. Actually, of course, you can't uh, go in and you know adjust a setting, a software setting in your operating system to overclock it. You actually have to make a modification to your computer to make that happen. Yeah, and uh, and overclocking can lead to some problems. Yes, um, the biggest usually is overheating. Actually, yes. that's a, that's another component about PC uh, gaming rigs that we need to address. And in this podcast is that uh-huh. you have to have a good cooling system. That's true. Some people uh, use a liquid cooling system rather than just the uh, standard fans that come with the box. Right, yeah. The the three main methods that you'll probably see in most uh, gaming PCs are fans mm-hmm. uh, and then heat sinks. Uh, yes, a heat sink. I wasn't and, thinking of that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And and water cooling systems or liquid cooling systems. So yeah, all of, all of these are very basic ways of moving heat away from the processor because, of course, as processors heat up, just like any electronic element, if it gets too hot, it's going to stop working. Yeah. And that's kind of frustrating when you're in the middle of a game. That's true. And I think it would be uh, worthwhile to mention the reason that gaming computers are so sophisticated. It's uh, in, in a lot of cases, especially with these more advanced games and games in which there is a lot of rapid action, stuff like, um, I would say, racing simulators, uh, first-person shooters, things mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of movement on the screen. And, of course, uh, at the point we are now, these games are very, very sophisticated. But the thing is, the computer, in order to make this action look so uh, so real and so dynamic, uh, or unreal, depending on how you look at it, mm-hmm. uh, not the game unreal. <laughs> but, yeah, in that case, too, uh, back in the day. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, I mean, in order to do that, the computer is having to make a lot of calculations uh, right, to right. render that on, on the screen. And it requires the CPU and the graphics processor to do a lot of computation, which is why they get so hot, is they're doing a lot, a lot, whole lot of work. Um and that's that's what makes so much of the difference, and it requires the memory, which is what uh, Jonathan was talking about about the RAM. Right. Yeah. Because what the memory is letting you do is it's letting it's letting the computer access information in a in an almost instantaneous uh, fashion. I mean, it's it's so fast it might as well be instantaneous to us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if if you didn't have a lot of RAM, that would mean the computer would have to start to search for that information on your hard drive. It wouldn't be stored in that temporary storage system uh, right. for the, the computer. So it would mean that it would have to slow things down in order to search for that information. And that could even uh, cause your game to have one of those annoying loading screens that all gamers absolutely hate. Yes. Um, that's something you want to avoid, which is why you want to have a lot of RAM. In fact, I was reading uh, one specification or one one article that was talking about creating a, uh, a, a gaming PC, and mm-hmm. they were... Their demands for RAM were pretty darn high. Yeah. Uh, said that um, an absolute minimum would be two gigabytes of RAM. Right. And that to be on the safe side, you should have no fewer than four gigabytes. But if you have four gigabytes of RAM, you have to remember that using a Windows machine, and we're really talking about Windows machines here because that's what the majority of games, that's the platform that they use. True. So you, you can have... 
really good games on other systems, including you know the Mac, which for a long time the joke about Macs were that yeah, it's a great computer unless you want to play a game on it. Right. Uh, but that's changed significantly. But it's still true that most games, most of the advanced games come out on PC first and sometimes exclusively. Uh, well, if you want to have more than around three gigabytes of RAM on a uh, Windows-based machine, you're going to need a 64-bit version of the Windows operating system. Mm-hmm. So we're talking we're, we're talking basically Vista or Windows Seven, right? Yeah, you general. can't you can't use you know the, it, the operating system simply cannot support more the older operating systems versions of Windows cannot support that much RAM. So yes. it wouldn't do you any good to add uh, more RAM to it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get too far, you, you mentioned also the fact that the reason why you need this powerful computer is because of the. Uh, the the fact that you've got all these you know this these dynamic graphics and it's the computer has to paint the picture over and over and over again. Yes, um, we're talking about resolutions of around nineteen twenty by twelve hundred. Mm-hmm. That's lots and lots of pixels. Yes, it is. And so when you think about it, the computer has to be able to paint each of those pixels or, or display each of those pixels, and if stuff is changing really quickly, it has to be able to respond to that and repaint those pixels in a way that where the motion is nice and smooth and it doesn't mm-hmm. look choppy or there aren't trails everywhere unless it's part of the you know the game's design. Right. And uh, and so yeah that requires that's what where all that processing power needs to go to. So I remember back when I first had a computer mm-hmm. that you didn't have to worry about this so much. Like com- right. the computers were were increasing in power over time. I mean, Moore's law is Moore's law. So if we would after every couple of years you'd want to upgrade because you wouldn't be able to run some of the the latest programs. But your basic computer graphics card and basic computer sound card was enough to handle pretty much anything out there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the first person shooters started to take off really the the Quake generation. Uh, Doom and and Wolfenstein 3D, that kind of stuff. The the games that came before it still ran pretty well on your basic 386 machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until you started getting a little further in where you started needing specific kinds of graphics cards in order to render the graphics that were in a game. That's about the time I stopped playing PC games. Yeah, because it got to a point where it was clear that in order to play the latest and greatest PC games, I was going to have to be on a fairly regular upgrade cycle for my machine, mm-hmm. possibly as, as frequently as every six months in order to be able to run the, 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 uh, the latest games. And eventually you would have to upgrade your entire machine, not just components, because your computer would no longer be able to support the latest cards that were on the market. That's true. And I think that's why so many gamers prefer the uh, desktop computer to a laptop. Um, not that you can't make some of these modifications to a laptop, uh, for example, adding more RAM. Yeah. Um, but in a desktop computer, and this really does go for for Macs and PCs both, um, if you have a tower uh, desktop computer uh, especially, although you know some of the other uh, configurations also work, it depends on the manufacturer really more than anything else. But, mm-hmm. um, for example, if you took a uh, one of the all-in-one PCs where the monitor has the computer built into it, um, 
those are generally sealed up a little more in a in a configuration in which it's very difficult to get in and say change out your CPU. Well, yeah, especially easily. since especially since most of those machines are designed in such a way where the components all fit very snugly together and there's very little room. Yeah. So unless you're using a a new component that's exactly the same size as the old one, mm-hmm. you may be stuck. You may not be able to put it back together properly. Right. But in some of the other uh, the the tower configurations, especially, you can open up the box, pull out the card in question, and replace it with another one if you know what you're doing. Yep. Uh, it's good to be very, very careful when you're doing those kinds of things. But it's a lot easier to install a new card, replace your hard drive, add RAM, um, you know, in, in those in those types of boxes simply right. because of the way that they're built. And that um, that's why if I were going to uh, build a gaming computer for myself, I, you know, either build one or buy one, I would prefer to get a desktop computer uh, with a very large monitor, you know, so you could see lots and lots of action. And, um, you know, I would probably prefer a Mac, but I would want to get a Mac Pro where I could, you know, upgrade it in the future because, you know, the specs, the specs shift over time, as you pointed out. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, a good rule of thumb is to look at the system requirements on the box of the game you're playing. Uh, if you're just hitting the system requirements, you're not going to have a particularly good experience in my uh, in my you know personal experience in my history with that. Right, right. It'll, it'll, it'll run the game, but a lot of times it will be jittery and laggy. Or you have to turn not nearly as much to, fun. You have to turn the um, the detail level down so that you yeah. don't have as many polygons rendering on the screen, so you can you can play the game at a smooth clip without it looking really uh, jagged. Yeah, basically. basically Basically, what he's saying is the graphic. You have to kind of turn down the level of the graphics processing so that it doesn't fill in all the the dip, the depths of the shadows and the, the highest highlights and right. the textures, so that it, you can still see and you can play the game. You know, if, if the gameplay is more important to you, uh, which it is to me, than the graphics. I love good graphics, but you know, I, if the game doesn't play well, it yeah. kind of bugs me. Yeah, so you might as well. I go can deal and, with that. Might as well part. go watch a movie. If if the game doesn't True. play well, no, it yeah, looks pretty. It's all it's all cinematics. Yeah. But. Well, uh, and you mentioned the the possibility of using more than one graphics card. That's yeah. that's a uh, fairly recent development. Uh, with yeah. a, uh, you know, back in the day, it was one of those things where you would get one graphics card, mm-hmm. and you had to choose carefully because some games supported a certain family of graphics cards, and mm-hmm. other games were were using a totally different uh, graphics model, and you might not be able to play. A game based upon the kind of graphics card you have in your computer. Right. Um, now you can use uh, well, Nvidia and ATI have have really dominated the market quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, AMD purchased ATI, and from what I understand, they're phasing out the ATI name. So AMD then. Yeah. Um, and they they each allow you to use more than one video card if you have the right motherboard. That's something yeah. else mm-hmm. we should point out is that a lot of the the components that you have in a gaming PC will depend entirely upon which motherboard you have. That's true. Uh, not all motherboards will support all formats. In fact, uh, your CPU will uh, really what you should do, and we'll get into this more when you're talking about building a gaming computer, mm-hmm. is pick the CPU you want first, then find the motherboard that supports that CPU. Because you can't just you can't just go into a computer store and buy components willy nilly and expect them all to work when you hook it up together. Uh, some of them may not hook up together at all. Best so, to do a little research before you get started, or uh, you know, consult with an expert in the store. Right. So, Nvidia and, and AMD have this uh, this ability where you can hook up more than one video card at a time to your machine, which means that the the two together can 
process graphics much faster than a single card could. It's kind of similar to how CPUs now come in, in multi-core formats. You can get dual-core or quad-core or even more um, for a CPU, mm-hmm. and each core can do some calculations. Now, in order to take advantage of that, games have to be designed in or- to uh, to use that. That's right? true. That, that's true of any software. If right. you're doing video editing or graphics editing of some kind, a lot of those programs are designed to handle the, uh, especially the newer versions, I should say. Older versions weren't necessarily. But yeah, I mean, if, you're, if your operating system isn't designed to do it and uh, the game itself isn't designed to handle running across multiple cores, it, it, it won't be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. So right now, it's not unusual to find games that are good for dual core Processors. True. You can find quite a few. And there's some that are coming out that are designed for quad-core processors, or to at least to they're optimized for that. Right. So, you know, it's always a good idea to go ahead and look at what's what's sort of the leading edge on the market there, because that's where everything's going to go. It may not be able to, you know, you may not have games that take advantage of it right away, but that's where they're heading. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's no way to future-proof a gaming PC. No. No, you not can't at all. do it. So that's one of the other things you have to resign yourself to is that when you build a gaming PC, it may be state of the art right now, and in a year it may be average. Yeah, and that's one of the big barriers to gaming PCs, in my opinion, is because one, they're expensive. Yes, and two, they have a very limited shelf life as far as being the best of the best goes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can uh, you can look online and find a number of manufacturers of of gaming PCs, and they'll have you just watch the the websites, and the specs will change very very quickly. Um, you know, I, I don't think, except for really the high end graphics and video processors, maybe music. Yeah, there's some uh, applications. Like, most most people don't really need cutting edge equipment like no, that. No, no. But so I mean, if you really want the sophisticated machines, the uh, the gaming machines are the ones I think. Yeah, and uh, when we come to sound, that's another element. You for modern games, you don't want anything that you don't want a sound card that won't support at least 5.1 surround sound. Yeah, you'd probably want 7.1 because there are games out there that take advantage of the 7.1 uh, channel sound system. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're we're starting to get it pretty expensive here. And I'll, let me give you three different manufacturers of gaming PCs that that are kind of typical in the in the marketplace. Okay. So there's there's the CyberPower PC line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Velocity Raptor line. Okay. And then there's Alienware. Yes. Um, these are manufacturers known for producing high-end, super-fast, super-sophisticated gaming PCs. Yes. Uh, I went on Alienware. Just I chose Alienware because I'm really familiar with the brand, and I thought oh, it might be interesting to just see what happens if I were to heavily load down a gaming PC, kind of give it all the bells and whistles. Okay, and we should point out, too, I'm, I feel compelled to point out, that uh, that that's of the recording today because we just finished talking about how quickly they go out of uh, right out of by, date. So. By the time this podcast publishes, it may very well be that the state of the art <laughs> is what not what I have listed, and I'm not going to give all the specs because that would just be ridiculous. It would take we need another podcast. 
I'll just say that I loaded it up with the fastest CPU that was available, the har- largest hard drive, uh, the fastest optical drive, which included Blu-ray mm-hmm. reading and writing, um, the best video cards that I could get in the system. I added a monitor, uh, added a, a card that would allow you to hook up to, I think, three additional displays. So you could have four displays running off of this one machine, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of absolutely insane. I can imagine having... Um, one display in front of you with two other displays flanking it kind of um, in a slightly tilted towards you slightly to give you kind of that surround feeling and then have a fourth display that just has your regular like instant message and stuff on it just in the background you know just if you wanted to check um or, hey, put it behind you and put a rearview mirror up. Anyway, so once I added all of these things together, the price tag came to a total of $10,322.93. And that's in U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. That's an expensive computer. Yes, it is. Um, actually, exp- expensive computer system because it did have lots and lots of extra stuff. But, yeah, we're... It was a. Uh, by the way, just so you know what the model was, it was the Alienware Area Fifty One ALX. Okay then. Uh, with all the options, and um, that included a, a custom-made um, water cooling system and all that good stuff. Okay. So yeah, that's expensive. Now, if you want to build your own, you're going to save lots of money, but it is going to require research and uh, and some careful shopping. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to find some fairly cheap parts online as well as in various stores. Uh, uh, I know Tiger Direct is a good resource if, for things like like motherboards and CPUs and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but I would l- think Fry's and Newegg, yep. places like that. Mm-hmm. So like I said before, the first thing you need to do is consider what CPU you're going to use because that's going to – that's going to drive further decisions down the line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you figure out what kind of CPU you want, You know whether that's going to be the fastest one on the market or if it's just going to be a, a nice competitive one. Uh, then you have to find the motherboard that will, or the kinds of motherboards, because it's going to be more than one, but the motherboards that will support that CPU. You also want to be able to see what kind of connections you can make to that motherboard. Because when it comes to graphics, there are two different kinds of, uh, of of graphic hookups that you can go into. There's PCI Express mm-hmm. and there's AGP. Yes. So PCI Express is a... Well, you may remember back in the day, PCI was the way to hook up graphics to your computer. I do remember that. Yeah. PCI uh, had, was very limited. Didn't have a whole lot of throughput for, for information. And AGP kind of uh, replace that. Mm-hmm. So AGP is sort of the current standard, I would say, for graphics uh, cards, and uh, it's an AGP slot uh, that's on the motherboard. And most motherboards will support one or the other; they don't support both. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's PCI Express, which is faster than AGP. In fact, I think I read somewhere that it's up to four times faster than AGP. So it puts through more information in less time. Mm-hmm. So it's. If since it's faster, it'll probably end up eventually becoming the new standard for graphics. So if you want something again, you, there's no way to future proof. But if you want to try and 
ride that wave, PCI Express might be the right way to go. But yeah. again, that's going to your motherboard will de- will determine which kind of video card you can use. So make sure that the motherboard supports it before you go and buy your video cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also make sure that your motherboard can support more than one video card if you plan on buying multiples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say uh, uh, one thing, too. I, I didn't want to sound like I'm down necessarily on uh, gaming laptops. Right. But in general, a laptop isn't going to, because uh, there are some very, very sophisticated ones. Uh, sure. Of course, Dell's Alienware line, mm-hmm. uh, since they've been acquired by Dell earlier this year, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has some really nice laptops. And I've seen some others, too. They, the, the downside being that it's not as flexible as far as being able to make upgrades to the machine. And in general, laptops aren't, it uh, doesn't, you know, bleh. Laptops have uh, slightly slower processors, at least as of right now, than most desktops, especially the high, high end desktops that you would use for uh, graphics and video and gaming. Yeah, and you, you can't, you have a lot, you're, li- you're, you're very much limited on how to cool your laptop compared to a desktop. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to find a whole lot of really sophisticated cooling mechanisms. You're essentially looking yeah. at heat sinks and fans. Yeah, and they run hot anyway, it seems like. Yeah. A lot of people have uh, commented on that. And, you know, I actually was going to talk about peripherals a little bit, but we're, we're starting to run short on time, and, I didn't, you know, maybe we could actually do revisit that at a later date because they have some really sophisticated stuff. Yeah, and, and even if you're, again, going back to building your own, if you're building your own desktop, I mean, there are other considerations you'll have to make beyond the CPU and motherboard and RAM and, and your video card. You'll, you'll have to figure out what kind of case you want. Oh, that's true. You're going to need a, you're probably going to want a case that's going to be easy for you to access those, those peripherals, uh, not peripherals, but those cards. Right. So that you can sw- swap them out if you, you know, either burn through a card or if you want to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want something that's going to be easy to access. Um, you're going to want something that's going to be easy to cool. So mm-hmm. you're going to, and you're going to need a cooling system of some sort, at least a fan, uh, probably more than that if you're really pushing yeah. the, the edge of the envelope here. And uh, and a power supply. You're going to have to make sure that whatever power supply you get is uh, going to be able to supply enough power to your machine to make it run. Mm-hmm. As it may turn out that you've got all these really awesome components in your computer, but your power supply can't support that much power. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then And then you've got to go out and get another one. I did think of one other thing that we haven't touched on. What's that? Internet. If you're playing something that requires an online component, such as a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, uh, you're going to want a nice, fast internet connection, which is partly inside your computer and partly outside your computer, because if your internet service provider uh, can't deliver... A reasonably fast, reliable connection, you're going to end up getting killed very frequently if you're playing something like a, a first-person shooter online, or um, or you, you know, get dropped from the game. Dropped from the game, um, and uh, part of that is inside your computer. You do need to make sure that uh, if you're playing wirelessly, now uh, you know wireless connections are not always as reliable as a uh, an Ethernet connection would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that's certainly a lot better than it than it used to be years ago. But uh, still, I mean, you might you might have some latency between yourself and the wireless, uh, especially if you have other things in your home that are interfering with your connection and the distance between you and the the wireless router. Um, but also, you know, if you if you have a uh, a connection that uh, supports, for example, 802.11n, which is the more most recent. Uh, uh, proposal for the standard, 
it gives you you know the fastest uh, most uh, you know the the longest distance the the wi- bleh, looking for range here the the widest range mm-hmm. for the connection um, that's also something to take into consideration um, you know wireless connections are going to be uh, more reliable for people who are not necessarily needing to uh, stay on top of a very fast action game um, you know it's it's not as much of an issue for them so you might uh, might find people using wired connections uh, you know for people who really need to stay online constantly for a uh, for a nice, reliable connection to the internet, right? And and if you're one of those people who still likes to do LAN parties, yeah, uh, then you're going to want to take yes. that into consideration too. Because mm-hmm. clearly, if you if you're doing LAN parties, maybe a gaming laptop is the right way to go, mm-hmm. or maybe um, you you might want to consider a desktop that's you know easily portable and doesn't have a big like water cooling system attached to it. Yeah, I, uh, I actually saw when I was doing research for the podcast some that had handles built into the case for the desktop, uh, which is an improvement. I, I had some friends at a former job that used to play games over LAN parties, and uh, they had slings set up for a desktop tower computer. An actual, nice. I mean, if you haven't seen these before, it's an actual uh, sling, fabric sling that they would use to carry over their shoulder with their stuff so they could bring it in to the to the land party. And it just seems like it would be very, very unwieldy to try to manage that. But, you know, they wanted their best machine yeah. for the job. So, And if you believe that land parties are dead, then you haven't been reading the StarCraft II complaints because, from what I understand, they've they've pulled the ability to do land parties from the game, which is one of the things that StarCraft players really enjoyed doing, not there's, just playing over Battle.net. There's nothing quite like playing playing a, a networked game in the same general physical space as other people because, yeah, yeah you can smack talk over various protocols that that will carry your voice and everyone will be able to hear it. It's not the same as being able to make eye contact with the person while you're making smack talk. That's true. That's true. not like you're looking away from the screen anyway, but well, you know, momentary I, glance. I do, but that's cuz I'm so darn good. <laughs> um nice. Please don't kill me on Xbox Live. Uh so anyway, the that that kind of wraps up the discussion. Now, now James did ask about sites that would let you kind of tell you about building your own computer. Sure. Uh, one one uh, resource I found that was very helpful was uh, buildgamingcomputers.com, and that was build-gaming-computers.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually has a, a, a pretty good um, roundup on all the components that you might need or want in a gaming computer and sort of the stuff you need to look for and the, the things to keep in mind. Uh, I drew a lot of resources from that particular uh, website, so... That one comes recommended from me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that wraps up this discussion about gaming PCs. Uh, I don't think I'll be bu- building one anytime soon just because, despite what I said earlier, I'm really not that great of a gamer. And uh, and I, I'm kind of lame. I've gone to the console gaming world, and, and I don't see myself turning away from that anytime soon, except for maybe Civilization V. I've got to get on the Civ V train because... I'm looking forward to that. It's I've got friends who have been playing it for a, a few days now and they love it and I wow. want to I want to play against them. Okay. You know, Tom Merritt and Veronica Belmont for one. Really? Yeah, they're both big fans and they're both playing. So I want to conquer Tom Merritt's little village and and then and then uh, mock him mercilessly. Although okay. he'll probably wipe me out. Anyway, if you guys have any comments or questions, 
Let us know on Facebook and Twitter. Remember, we're TechStuffHSW on both of those. Or if you want to send us an email, our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?